Today's date is January 14th, 2019. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we are here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly comic book podcast where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, go through the latest news, the new comic book releases from your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And discuss some topics about the world of comics for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out. You can always find us on YouTube, Stitcher, and iTunes, and be sure to check out our website, htbvidsvids.com, where you can find links to all of these things and plenty of written content and lists. Uh, we also have our Patreon page up at patreon.com forward slash hit the books if you feel so generous as to contribute and sustain the show. With that being said, Emery, what have you been reading? Well, only a couple of things this time around. Um, I managed to get myself caught up on Marvel's Mr. and Mrs. X for obvious reasons. Fanboy. Only a little bit. Hot. <laughs> he says wearing his gambit jacket. Y- yeah, re- reading about uh, what it would be like to be married to the girl that literally makes the most sense for him. And then I also <laughs> read uh, another comic called Gunning for Hits, Music Thriller, Issue 1. And this is the one written by David Bowie's producer, correct? Yes. Uh, Jeff uh, Rogvi, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Or Ruby, maybe. And there is quite a stark... Uh similarity between uh david bowie and <laughs> the Andy. cover yes uh, i do believe that that was very much on purpose which if you're going to be the guy who was his producer and wants to make a comic book about you know the life and times of you know trying to produce music back then sure go ahead use his likeness why not <laughs> got me to buy an issue <laughs> And? And I'm going to say that uh, from what I read, it seems like there was a lot of explaining the business, a lot of setup for what I believe the course of the uh, story is going to be, and of course, because comics, a surprise twist on the final page. (gasps) If you want to know more, find out at your local comic book shop. Or in the next M. Night Shyamalan movie. (laughs) What they twist. (laughs) Real talk. Uh, So how was uh, your favorite superhero couple? uh, Well, (laughs) because comics is comics um, and marriage is marriage. Uh, like, oh, what's it like for you two to be married? Oh, we bone. A lot, but we're married, and, you know, we have people over our house now. Um, Also... How exactly do they bone, seeing as Rogue has very specific needs? (laughs) There's a Can she become preggers? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's an inhibitor collar that basically... prevents her powers from being 
usable. So they can't have sex without being kinky. They have to be kinky in order to procreate. It is literally a requirement <laughs> for their relationship to work. Hot. Rogue agreed to this. Real talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the person who's been writing these, Kelly Thompson, uh, I think has been, <clears throat> from what I can tell in reading this so far, she's been a long time fan. <laughs> she, she's thought out solutions to all of these things. Oh, yeah. Very I mean, nice. Good credit to you, Kelly Thompson. Oh, yeah. It's like she's brought up several things. <laughs> Uh, over the course of this book, like having to deal with both of their very intricate pasts, as it were. And e yeah, e each issue, there's something else coming up. <laughs> there's always something coming up. And the latest issue has them going to Mojo World. Oh, no, not them too. <laughs> Mojo World sucks. <laughs> I don't care about the fucking yellow booby Jabba the Hut fuck <laughs> who wants to make a TV show, okay? Literally everything that has left Mojo World was infinitely more interesting than Mojo World itself. Guys, reality TV sucks. It's dumb. And Fake like imaginary fantasy reality TV is even worse, okay? <laughs> Unless it's the Truman Show. I'm not interested, okay? At least the Truman Show had a point. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't see you. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Because the Truman Show was a great movie. Go watch the Truman Show if you haven't done it yet, for the love of God. Just before Jim Carrey went full crazy. Uh, yes. Just before. Just before. Oh. <laughs> I, I love you, Jim Carrey. I miss those You're days. a little crazy, though. You, we all know. Come on. You're just a little bit. A little bit. A little, a little crazy. It's okay, though. You know how crazy he is now? He's playing Dr. Robotnik. Uh, I don't see why that's crazy. Really? Sonic is a great and uh, wonderful title to draw inspiration for a live-action movie. Did you just say live-action Sonic the Hedgehog? I did. Did you say it without completely cringing your entire face? I did. How? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, he's not boning an underage princess this time, so... Oh. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic 06, what is you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and Shamu watched. No. We, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we stopped talking about that. So... What else have you read? That has actually been it for me. Wow, you suck. What you, you, We do I, this as a profession, uh, sir. Okay, I suck. What have you read? I've sir? read I've read I've read two titles. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the two titles, okay? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. read I read about 8 issues of Brimstone to catch up on it. Uh, yeah. And I have to say, 
it's been pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's pretty like the yeah. first issue I really liked. Second issue, I was like, oh no, this is getting way too cartoony and comic booky. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? The first issue was totally not like this at all. And then the third issue kind of reeled me back in. It was like, nope. <laughs> it was just a bad issue. <laughs> and ever since then, it's been it's been pretty fun, pretty solid. I w- I don't think it it, it quite met the ex- expectations that I set for it when I read that first issue, but it has been pretty solid and pretty pretty enjoyable throughout. So I've really been enjoying it. Has it gone full Ghost Rider yet? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little Ghost Rider, but it's more like if. There was a lot of Ghost Riders, and they all had totally different powers. Oh, so you mean like Ghost Rider before the uh, Heaven War? Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. There's a little bit more character depth, though, than, hey, I'm Evil Knievel, and I got demon powers now. Woo! <laughs> or, hey, I'm the secret brother of Evil Knievel? Guys, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and one's a Nazi. Oh. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. uh, For those of you not in the know, um, Curse of Brimstone was uh, one of the New Age of DC Heroes books uh, that came out. There's a few of them that we were really into. Silencer was one of them, even though we hated John Romita Jr.'s art. Yep. Uh, Everything is a box. I don't. I don't understand why everything has to be a box. Everything has ninety degree angles. <laughs> it hurts. It's just. It's hard to tell what's what because everything looks so boxy and alike. Um, but the book, the writing has been pretty decent. I still need to catch up on the last few issues, but it's been pretty good. And then the other uh, one we was the really dumb name. <laughs> oh, you mean sideways? Sideways is the one. Yeah. Sideways, a good book. Really dumb name. <laughs> really stupid name. I really wish they would just change the character's name. We uh, get it. He's interdimensional Spider-Man. And you, <laughs> you had to have an S in there, I guess. I don't know. But come on. It, sideways. <laughs> you had to put an adjective as the name. It's just... It's it's dumb. It's real dumb. It's a great book. Great, beautifully drawn, fun, you know, dialogue and story. Just a dumb name. It's the kind of hero you the the hero. God, I can't talk. He's the kind of hero you want in your corner when things are going sideways. Askew. <laughs> but yeah, uh, pear shaped, tits up. Yeah. So I've been <laughs> Any catching of those things. Yeah. So I've been catching up on those books, and uh, yeah, Curse of Brimstone, pretty solid book. Uh, I've been pretty impressed. Uh, that one, Sideways, uh, Silencer for those issues we were up to. Oh, uh, there is actually one other title that I was reading. Oh, yeah. And it was Spawn. And? Uh, Has McFarlane lost his touch? Uh, I think McFarlane's lost his mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're we're at a point where, for reasons, our our Spawn has seen fit to have himself uh, locked up, imprisoned, 
and then thoroughly tested on by surgeons because they just they, they don't know what he is why are we just now getting to this there's <laughs> reasons <laughs> It's like the whole time he's just sitting there all like sullen and sad and just letting it happen to him. It's like he doesn't fight back. The entire time he doesn't fight back. He just casually belittles them and says, you had trouble pulling off my mask. A 12-year-old could pull off my mask if they wanted to. This is the same guy who killed God. (laughs) Just for context, he literally, literally killed God. (laughs) Now that has its own plethora of issues that I could get into for like (laughs) several episodes. But he can't do anything about these doctors. No, 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 no. no. It's not that he can't, it's that he won't on purpose. <laughs> okay. Why? Like, All right. I, I don't know. I need to go back and read up because it seems like we've gotten to like the, for some reason, Spawn's gotten depressed. Like I... all of his, fa- all of the faces that he draws with the mask on, somehow with that mask they make him look like I'm sad inside. <laughs> I hate everything. Well, see, I th- I have this kind of running, kind of self-promoted theory. That, uh, you know, any writer, doesn't matter how good they are, how creative they are, eventually they're going to run out of ideas and inspiration if they're on the same character for too long. And let's face it, McFarlane has been on this character <laughs> way, way too, too long. long. <laughs> way too long. Like, it's it's okay if you want to keep drawing. Just, uh, you know, maybe let someone else come up with a storyline. or uh... Yeah. It, 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 Todd... We need to, we need to talk. We need to talk about how this guy that you started out with as a badass that like I mean kills God badass <clears throat> has gotten to a point where is like he doesn't want to do anything. No, nothing has any meaning to him anymore. I wonder if this is just some kind of like introspection for McFarlane. Where he's just like at that midlife crisis stage, and he just <laughs> he feels like his life doesn't have any meaning, and he's got an empty household, he's like and he's weirdly just, putting himself on yeah, the page. It's like that character. old pre, uh, I'd say pre-controversy Louis C.K. joke where he's oh. talking about just every day being a day filled with Doritos on his chest and just <laughs> whacking off randomly throughout the day. Oh God! Because <laughs> he just. He's, he's he at would, the point where he just doesn't care. It's like he literally has <laughs> nothing else to do. And so that's what his writing has become. Oh, it's it's, it's become reflective of his, his comfortable life. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I could just be reading too far in between the lines. Maybe. But, yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, the, the other book I read um, was the follow-up to... Uh, that first issue of Martian Manhunter. And um, I still don't know what the hell I'm reading. <laughs> I don't know if it's a comedy. I don't know if I should take it seriously. But uh, yeah, once again, it's just 
weird things that seem like they should be funny, but in serious contexts where maybe it's not funny, and I just don't, I don't know. And I still can't get that horrible image of Martian goop sex out of my mind. It just won't leave. You reminded me of watching an episode of the Orville. I wish you hadn't. That happens in an episode of the Orville. They have a goop character voiced by Norm MacDonald because... Hey, everybody. Why not? Hey, everybody. Norm MacDonald here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) You want to go get drinks later or something? Sir, you are a talking slime. I don't know how much of that is a metaphor for who's... Todd, uh, not Todd, not Seth, Norm McDonald. God damn. <laughs> so many mix. Uh, <laughs> why? Why did we have that as a thing? This is like, You know what it looked like on that episode? Just a lady with all most of her parts obscured except for like her hands and her feet. <laughs> it just, you know what else is weird about that? What? Is the whole family mind melds. Uh, so you know all the kids uh, have uh, experienced oh no. that goop sex through oh. the mind meld memories. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one way to receive a sex education. Mind melding goop sex. Hat. <laughs> it's goop all the way down. But, yeah. It's... it's n- <laughs> It's still not what I want from Martian Manhunter, but there's there's sparks of great things there. I just wish it would commit to one or the other. If it could commit to being a comedy, I could go ahead and go with the flow. If it could commit to being a serious thing about a a guy tr- struggling with his identity and you know having to debate whether to hide these things from his partner as a detective and deal yeah. with all these you know interesting concepts. That'd be cool too, but I can't do this in the middle thing where it's like <laughs> super serious the first page and then the next page is just out of this it's world like, ridiculous. It's like trying to have it both ways. Yeah, so or it's all of the ways. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna read it again. So they got me to their third issue at least, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess. But yeah, those have been the f- big focuses for me. And then uh, I talked about it last episode, Wolverine, The Long the long Night, which is a Stitcher adaptation. It was a live red Stitcher like drama, uh, an exclusive thing for Marvel, their first kind of foray into audio stories. And then they've made it into an actual comic book. And it's kind of interesting. They frame it just the same way the, the, the Stitcher podcast does, where it's taking the perspective of the detectives and they're going through town trying to investigate these murders. And, you know, obviously there's a man with memory loss named Logan. <laughs> because that's all Wolverine's good for, apparently. Uh, yeah. I just I hate that they recycle the same story over and over and over for Wolverine. He's such a cool, interesting character, and every single story is, whoops, lost my memory again. Who are all these dead people? Every single one. There's a comedian named Pete Holmes who did a series of videos as part of his 
late night show that got canceled uh, where he playing the role of Charles Xavier himself systematically fires each and every one of the X-Men yeah. because they're silly and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love angels the best. Oh yeah. Like the, his, like his half of us can fly. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many of them can fly and do something else incredible? <laughs> <laughs> the one for Wolverine was amazing. It's <laughs> like Oh, oh, where do I come from? Wait, but where did I come from, though? <laughs> like, no, you're, you're missing the point, Logan. No one gives a hot shit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I've read. There's Again, I, I got a lot of catching up to do, but we just... Editing, to, I haven't even got the last episode out as of recording this uh, yet. It should be out tonight, but... Yeah. Again, time. Time is always a factor, so... Uh, getting everything out eventually. <laughs> so, We're working on it. Yeah. Uh, and I'll probably be editing this tomorrow, so yeah. this will probably be out immediately after. <laughs> Has to not be late like the previous episode. So, apologies for that. It's my bad. Just haven't had the time to get it done. Um, and with that, let's get into the news. Yeah, what do we have? Uh, by the way, no, did the content match drapes because we didn't read the Sandman book and we didn't read the, uh... Young Titans? Is that the new one? Uh, the one with Superboy? Oh. There's so many the, Titan books, I don't remember which one's which. Yeah, I forget what, like, which Titans it was, but it was a Titans book, yeah. at the very least. Yeah. By Brian Michael Bendis. No! Your favorite. <laughs> Bendis, stop! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... I thank you for bringing back the version of Superboy that I find entertaining, but stop! Hey, it might be a good book. Maybe he shouldn't stop, okay? He's finally got some fresh characters. He's yeah. not stuck with the Marvelverse anymore. <laughs> he can spread his wings a little. Might be good for him, you don't know. Uh, he might have, you know, folded his wings so he he can sit somewhere and take a shit. Let's see. He's got Jorge Jimenez drawn for him. At least it'll be visually stunning. But then again, we do remember <laughs> those uh, Nightwing covers he made that were amazing Nightwing covers. And then the interior was complete fucking shit. <laughs> or he had fucking King Sturgeon and the fucking guppy. We had to see the fucking guppy crying over his dying king sturgeon in a hospital fucking bed these fucking mini sharks you know they got these stupid names and they're not even what the name says why they're fucking shark people crying over each other on a hospital bed that was the nightwing book oh my god stop fucking up nightwing we're going to give him Fish-themed villains. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to murder them all. Uh, DC. Why do they hate Nightwing so much? I mean, add that to the fucking list of ways in which DC plays chess against itself. <laughs> so stupid. Why? Why? I'll see your good Nightwing cover and give you a terrible interior. That just that just makes me sad because I can't hang it on my wall in good conscience. Because <laughs> I know the interior is just complete garbage. It should be thrown in a fucking fire pit. 
and forgotten about forever, for all time. Real talk. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. So with that, let's get into the news. Yep. God, it's depressing. Ugh, it hurts. So we got the uh, sales for the previous month. Uh, it seems like DC and the rest of the market has kind of been slipping a little bit in uh, market control. Not a big surprise when we have King Surgeon and uh, the Gangster fucking Guppy. guppy. Uh. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Um, uh, but Marvel has taken a slightly, almost half, <laughs> half the market, uh, in terms of sales, um, definitely in units, slightly less so in actual profit, but, uh, Marvel's sitting pretty safely, uh, unit share 40%, DC's at 33, almost 34, image coming up at right around 10%, which is what we'd expect. Yeah. Um as much as I wish Image had a bigger pool. Uh IDW sitting at 3%, Dark Horse sitting at about 2%, Boom sitting at about 2%. Uh Dynamite and Boobs Entertainment uh sitting at <laughs> 1.8%. Makes uh, sense. Viz Media, uh Titan Comics Only Press uh kind of coming up at the bottom between half a percent and to 1%. So those are the big names, uh, right around where you'd probably expect them. Uh, again, Marvel and Disney just kind of devouring every market on this planet. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how you stop them from becoming a monopoly, but they sure, they sure they, feel like a monopoly. They're approaching it. <laughs> uh, and then the top ten selling comics uh, for the previous month. Uh, Action Comics, number 1,000, no big surprise there. They had all the variant covers, and you know, obviously it's a number 1,000 issue, even though it's technically not the number 1,000 Action Comics because they had Action Comics. But then they're like, oh, we're going back to the original numbering because we, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, it was just an excuse to sell a bunch of issues of number 1,000. And now that they're past 1,000, they have no reason to continue. I hope to God they go back to a numbering structure that makes sense for new fans. Yeah. Also, fuck that book, Bendis. <laughs> <sighs> you don't know. It could be good. I've read it. His underpants are red again. Oh. It's on the outside. Is that? It's it, what everybody apparently wanted. Is that what we wanted? His underwear was the problem. Uh, uh, his underwear and not, not the, the writing. writing. <laughs> not the writing. <laughs> not the dialogue. Not the artwork. It was the underpants. Oh. That's what the problem was. Right. Thanks, DC. And fucking, yeah, give me the fucking safety undies. Because <laughs> that's what we fucking need. His chastity belt. That's what that is. Uh, number two was Amazing Spider-Man number eight hundred. Again, another solid number collector's edition. You know that one was a ten dollar comic book. Ooh, good god! I hope it was worth it. Uh, we had Batman number fifty at number three. Big surprise there. Fantastic Four's return number one. Uh, number four, Amazing Spider-Man number one. Uh, return of Wolverine number six. Uh, it feels like a lot of cash grabs in this list. Uh, uh, almost all of them. Uh, we had uh, Venom number one at number seven. 
for one reason and one reason only. Venom. <laughs> uh, we that had book should be rolling down the street. Yes, brother. Like like yes, a turd. Yes, let me embrace your symbiote goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh, get into my mouth. Mm, <laughs> oh yes. Like oh. a turd. I am in the wind. Uh, at number eight, we had Amazing Spider-Man number seven ninety-eight, which is probably the only like non-cash grab issue on here. Uh, we had uh, the Batman Who Laughs number n- one at number nine. <laughs> God, I wish DC Metal would just go away. That was so dumb. I love Scott Snyder, but that was just not his best work. No, it was real dumb. No, it was real dumb. It was an excuse to kill a few characters that we shouldn't have brought back in the first place, and then an excuse to make new characters without any creative effort. That's what that was. We could have just—I don't know—made new characters. We really could have. It's—it's <laughs> it's really that simple. Yeah, we guys. don't—we don't need a big dumb event and. We don't need to explain everything with tenth metal and all this <laughs> bullshit. It's so dumb. Come on, guys. Yeah, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and then at number ten, we have Amazing Spider-Man number seven ninety nine. The lead up to the number two, which was Amazing Spider-Man eight hundred. Excuse me, I am mistaken. This is for the entire year of twenty eighteen. That is why there are three Amazing Spider-Man issues on there. Yeah. So yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive indeed. Um, and that's uh, all the relevant information I really wanted to go over. I just think it's kind of fun to go over the uh, numbers once in a while and uh, kind of see where all the companies are at and uh, how much the business is uh, thriving or not thriving. And seeing where the fans are going. Yeah. So it looks like you know annual comic book sales actually increased in 2018 by about 3%. You know, across the across the demographics, uh, whereas the year before it actually dropped by about six percent. So it's still down from where it was in 2015, uh, but it is up a little bit from last year. And of course, the big news is that Disney is just devouring everything in the market. So I wouldn't call that news. Yeah. More like <laughs> add that to the list of company obituaries. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, next up in the news, we have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot film in the works. Again. So Paramount is uh, taking another stab at it. Uh, the previous ones being the Michael Bay films. Um, it, the reboot film will be produced by producers Andrew Form and Brad Fuller, who are known for their work on A Quiet Place, uh, which is pretty successful recently. Um, and... According to what they say, the thing about the Turtles is, it's about family. They're both family stories about a family sticking together. So, one was about a family having to shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) The other one is about a family that learned from a very young age the importance of shutting the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) So, with that being said... We'll see how it is. Do you have high hopes for this? Do you have low hopes for this? Do you have any hope for this? Uh, is Michael Bay attached? Not yet. Then I have high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. 
We'll see. He's still got to print some money somewhere. Uh, and China seems to be the best way to do it. God damn it. Fucking China. <laughs> Speaking of China, Aquaman sold over a billion. Thanks, China. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stop perpetuating this universe. It's not good. Let them reboot for the love of God. <laughs> All right, I'm done. After Shazam. <laughs> After Shazam, yes, of course. But Shazam doesn't have to be in the same universe. It doesn't. There's no reason for it to be. Right. Just let Shazam be its own thing and let it lead into the Joker movie. Please. That'd be nice. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, kind of an interesting tidbit. You might be able to get kind of a collector item here. Marvel Tales Fantastic Four number one uh, is actually missing a page in all the released issues, and it will be reprinted, and fans will be refunded for any bad issues they did get. So it looks like there's a handful of the tales in there, including Fantastic Four Annual number six, which is the collection, Fantastic Four number four, uh, and Fantastic Four number 245, which has an uh, invisible woman story. Um, all of those are apparently missing a page or two. So, wow. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, seems like a pretty big, uh, manufacturing mistake there. Uh, next up on the news, we got some sad news. Uh, the comic creator, Ron Smith has died. Uh, Ron Smith, uh, more famous for his work on Judge Dredd, uh, and a co-creator of Chopper and Otto Stump. Uh, and uh, the Mayor Dave. Um, so he's he did a lot of work with Judge Dredd. Seems to be like the kind of, you know, the real big stuff that he did in his comic book career, uh, specifically as an artist. Um, but unfortunately, he has passed away. And uh, we say rest in peace. Next up on the news, uh, we have... A new cast member being added to DC Universe's Stargirl, the upcoming show. It's supposed to be coming out towards the end of this year. Um, we have none other than Luke Wilson joining the cast. So, as you can see, they aren't afraid to spend money yet again. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, why not Owen Wilson? But there's one word that sums up why they wouldn't do that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, Stargirl. Oh, wow. I didn't know you could even do that. Oh, wow. I pilot a mech suit. Wow. <laughs> so Luke Wilson will be uh, playing the part of Pat Dungan, who is uh, Stargirl's father. In some cases, stepfather changes on the version. Uh, but he pilots a mech suit, which is kind of fun and kind of cool. Uh, so I look forward to that. I, I like Luke Wilson. Hopefully uh, this isn't a hot steaming pile of crap. And, Let's hope. Uh, fingers crossed, it's good. Of course, I would have to uh, purchase the DC streaming app to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe bring back Constantine, and I'll do so. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hashtag bring back Constantine. Hashtag save Constantine. The, yes. Hashtag save him. Bring him back, and give him his own show, and don't make him a fucking side character on Legends of Fucking Tomorrow. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> God. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. They really need to bring him back though. Yeah, don't yeah, don't don't make me go in DC. I swear to God. So this is one of the bigger news items of the week. Uh DC Comics has finally let go a little bit, and uh now they are joining Comicsology Unlimited, 
uh, Kindle Unlimited and Amazon Prime, which again are all owned by Amazon. I don't know why they're li- being listed as separate. They're all owned by Amazon. Oh yeah. Uh, so basically, DC says, okay, Amazon, you can stream some of our stuff for f- you know your subscription app for free, um, which is a nice concession because up to this point it's basically just been marvel image and idw on there yeah which is good but if you're not really a fanboy of any of those companies you know i like image but you know i'm not really super strong into marvel or idw besides lock and key um so i really didn't use it that much and yeah i ended up just going to my regular dc books and vertigo books anyway so um this is pretty good news for the market. However, I think it's kind of a bad time to do it because it's part of the incentive of buying their DC streaming app. I, yeah. I don't understand why you would do this right after you launched your DC streaming app, which has the additive incentive of a huge collection of DC and Vertigo titles on the app. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Again, DC playing chess against itself. For, again for no reason for there's no reason to do this you're not you weren't contractually obligated to do this because the app came out several months ago like the, there's no way you already had everything agreed upon and signed like literally no way there's, at all so what was the point of doing that and uh, devaluing the app you are trying to push on people yeah it's just not just not a good business plan yeah so it's like the the entire idea behind that was like oh yeah we have some of the hottest characters that instead of reading there you can only read here yeah but now you're spreading it out again what what is happening over there it's just it's really strange (laughs) i don't i don't understand what any of those fucking people are doing i don't how do any of them have a job still i just it's never going to make it's sense. It's such to me. a poorly managed company. Uh, except when they market to China. Yes. Apparently, at that point, it doesn't matter because he made a <laughs> billion dollars. <laughs> um, next up on the news IDW has borrowed $28 million from the uh, head CEO and chairman for some TV projects that are upcoming. Uh, now, we had reported a little bit earlier uh, last year that uh, IDW's Lock and Key, which is a book I genuinely love to death, and uh, just I can't get enough of it. Um, <laughs> it's that good, huh? It really is that good, and it's perfect for episodic content like a TV show. Um, it was originally going to be picked up by Hulu. They made a pilot for it. Hulu didn't like the pilot and dropped the project. And now they have sold it to Netflix, who is not using the old pilot, and they're actually going to create a new one, which is probably a good thing, because typically Netflix is pretty good at what it does. Typically. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope that they actually hold on to it and actually make something of it. They're also working on some projects. Uh, October Faction, which is an I- a pretty solid idw book uh that netflix has uh paid for uh apparently had been experiencing some uh big cost overages in the production of the pilot uh and they really needed the extra funding to kind of get it out the door to see if netflix would fully invest into it they also have uh wyona erp which is a show sold to sci-fi that they're working on and then they have uh, another show that they sold to Sci-Fi, V-Wars, 
that needed some uh, extra post-production investment uh, to get it out the door and onto our televisions. So just a little interesting tidbit about uh, the IDW kind of movie and TV universes there. Uh, Next up on the news, we have uh, some confirmation from Kevin Feige that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is still happening. How? I don't know. Half the cast doesn't want to be in the movie. Why? Um, James Gunn is obviously not coming back. Um, So, why would you feel the need to say this publicly? Um, Kevin Feige says, uh, quote, when, where, and how have not yet been determined. Guardians will happen, he says. When, where, how, that's for a later time. So, uh, for anybody that wanted to see Volume 3, there's still hope there. It's probably not going to be anything like the product it was intended to be. Yeah. Uh, But according to Kevin Feige, they're still working with the original kind of script content. Um, So, it's it's, it's very interesting to see what happens. Uh, When asked about uh, James Gunn going to work on Suicide Squad 2, which, oh, please don't happen. Don't waste (laughs) your time on that franchise. Uh, Feige said, I don't see a rivalry. I see cool films being made. Kevin. (laughs) Suicide Squad is not a cool film. It is a horrendous film, and you will hold your tongue. He's being nice. Too nice. He's trying to be nice to the guy that had to leave as a result of 10-year-old tweets. That's true. Quote, and one thing you know about James Gunn, he makes cool films, end quote. That he does. Hard to disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, He did that with the most unlikely cast of characters, and he nailed it. He really did. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a fun little tidbit of news for you. Um, also, Suicide Squad itself being kind of like DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. Except people know who the fuck's on the team. Yeah, it, yeah. We just already set up a bad universe and bad precedent for the characters in the world. Yeah. So like, that's kind of stupid. But why don't we have him go and you know try to fix what we broke several times over? Yeah. So. Again, reboot. (laughs) Reboot. Please. It's been seven, eight years. You can safely reboot now. Half of your cast doesn't want to come back anymore, even with the generous amounts of money you've been trying to dump on them. Nobody wants to be known for the CGI mustache. (laughs) We don't need it. We don't need the three-hour movies sold to China. We don't. We just don't need it, okay? Just reboot. Get some competent people in the chairs. We'll talk. I will give you all of my money. I went to see The Dark Knight six times in theaters. Six times, okay? I am very cheap. You're lucky (laughs) if I get into the theater one time. (laughs) Make a good movie, and you'll get a cheap person to spend their money six six times. times. (laughs) So, yeah, 
Although, then again, I did see Spider-Man 3 twice, so (laughs) (laughs) maybe my uh, standards aren't as great as I think they are. The Venom's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't go for Venom, sir. Oh, you didn't? No. What did you go for? I went for hot spider spandex. (laughs) That's what I went for. And the glorious CGI American flag at the end. (laughs) While Spider-Man patriotically posed in front of it. You went for that and not for, you know, a Green Goblin Spider-Man team up against the Sandman while Venom was the, you know what? I actually like that part. <laughs> not the Venom part, but the team up against uh, Sandman was pretty cool. <laughs> hey, old pal, old buddy, old friend, I know. You, you- took my girlfriend, so I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you stabbed my dad, you bastard. I'll help you beat up the Sandman guy, though. <laughs> I'll help you this one time, even though maybe an hour ago you blew up my face. And I'm jumping on the Pineapple Express and getting out of here. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. James Franco. Take everything I say with a grain of salt and cynicism. Oh. Um, but, yeah. Next on the news, uh, we got some kind of fun numbers for you. These are the top 10 selling comics on eBay. Uh, for 2018. So it kind of gives you an idea of where the market's at uh, for some of these collectible items. At number 10, we have Fantastic Four, number one. Uh, came in at $32,995. Of course, I don't have grades attached to these. They're not listed on it, but I assume they're fairly decent grades. Uh, at number nine, we have Strange Tales, number 110. This one's signed by Stan Lee. That one came in at $34,000. We have, at number eight, Amazing Fantasy, number 15. That sold for $38,950. Must have been a pretty high grade there. Uh, Number seven, we have Fantastic Four, number one. This one's signed by Stan Lee. That one sold for $41,000. Six, we have Amazing Fantasy, number 15. That one sold for $50,000. Uh, at number five, we have Amazing Fantasy number 15. This one's signed by Stan Lee for $54,499. At number four, we have another Amazing Fantasy number 15 sold for $65,600. It really makes me wonder if the same person was buying all of these <laughs> issues and just really likes Amazing Fantasy number 15. <laughs> It's a big issue, but come on, guys. Let's. Yeah. Do you really need that many? Uh, maybe it's just me. <laughs> Trying to resell. That's that's what that looks like. <laughs> At number three, we have X Men number one. One I really wish I could get my hands on. Oh, it went my for eighty six thousand two hundred dollars. A little outside my budget there. A little bit. Uh, number two, we have Action Comics number one, which sold for $145,655. Now, I'm guessing that was a pretty poor quality one, because we know that a good quality one can sell for over a million dollars. Right. That'll fucking set you up for a while. Yep. And then at number one, we have Captain America Comics number one, that sold for $175,200. So... Just some uh, kind of cool, interesting numbers. And clearly, these things aren't worth quite as much as they used to be. Uh, thanks a lot, in part, to eBay and to internet fines. You know, these things aren't really going to uh, silent auctions anymore and yeah. getting eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars $900,000 for an issue. 
feel sorry for all those uh, antique roadshow people from the <laughs> 90s that thought these things were going to just keep growing. But uh, unfortunately, the internet killed pretty much every collector's market's value, which is probably good for the average fan because it makes it more accessible to the average fan. But if you had a lot invested in these things, you know, yeah, and you started collecting late in the game... Yeah, you probably spent a pretty penny, and you probably won't be getting your money back, unfortunately. Hell no. But uh, still kind of interesting to see those numbers and see that there's still plenty of value to be had, and especially those real old books and those number ones. Um, and then the final piece of news, Delay Corner has turned its ugly head around again. Once again. This time, it's a DC book. Big surprise there. Doomsday <laughs> Clock. Uh, number nine has been pushed back three weeks. No reason was given for the delay. Surprise, surprise. Thanks, DC. Love ya. Um, however, the issue after number 10 remains unscheduled for a March 27th release date. Now, this book pisses me off so much as a fan. <laughs> not because of the content, not because of the art or the writing or... You know, anything like that. It pisses me off from a business standpoint because this book releases, if we're lucky, every two months. And with that, they're still delaying the goddamn book. <laughs> every single week we read about a new delay on this stupid book. This book has been going on, I think, since the end of 2017, right? Yeah. End of 2017, beginning of 2018, somewhere in that range. And we're only on number nine, and number nine hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's insane. Number nine won't be coming out until February. <laughs> this book has been going for over a year. It's Why? Fucking bad. It's, what the fuck? We rant about the business model all the time, and this is especially gross because it's a big book. You would think. I would assume this is a book that should be selling gangbusters. Why the fuck can't we get it out the door? Why didn't we have it prepared before we started releasing it? Why wasn't this prioritized by whoever's been handling this book? So, I don't know. I Again, DC just plays chess against itself. I mean, all the all the comic companies do this, but DC the past year or so just they just can't get their shit together they, they can't? Can, at any level of the organization they just can't get anything together they can't keep anything coherent they can't <laughs> apparently they don't talk between the levels of management cuz nothing is getting done properly and everything seems to be fighting itself just doesn't make sense it's almost as if uh <laughs> this entire company are a bunch of nerds a bunch of nerds that maybe need someone who isn't a nerd to kind of uh, whip them into shape, yeah. get them to do their fucking job. But we don't want to stifle their creativity. Like get deadlines, <laughs> deadlines. Yeah. This is why this is why this model doesn't work. <laughs> so it's it's a problem. It's been a problem. I rant about it all the time. I'm not gonna waste my breath or your ear holes. Yeah, spend enough time doing that. And that, my friends, is the news. Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. My name's what? Chris. Real <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk. Real talk. 
bitch, I wish you would <laughs> tell me what books you're reading this week. <laughs> real I'll talk. tell you my traveling ass titles, real talk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was the greatest song ever. Uh, fuck R. Kelly, but thank you, R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> All right. Yep. So we got some uh, big releases this week. First up from Marvel Comics, we have S Guardians of the Galaxy, number five. Whatever you do, protect your butt. We have Black Panther, number eight. We have Black Widow, number one. We have Conan, the Barbarian, number two. Crumb, uh, I've never prayed to you. I have no tongue for it. <laughs> uh, we have Fantastic Four, number six. Damn, I wish I was as jacked as Conan Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right? Jesus Christ, he was huge. We have Invaders, number one. We have Ironheart, number two, your favorite book. <laughs> Are you orgasming over there? What's going on? I'm shuddering in disgust. <laughs> we have Marvel Comics Presents, number one. We have... Wait, Marvel Comics Presents what? Does it matter? You'll buy it. <laughs> uh, we have Marvel Tales Venom, number one. We have Return of Wolverine. And his glowing claws, number four. Why? We have Spider-Man cross Deadpool, number 44. Because why not? We have Star Wars Age of the Republic special, number one, for you fucking nerds. Uh, We have The Amazing Spider-Man, number 13. We have... Uh, I already talked about the invaders number one. Did I talk about yeah. the invaders number one? Yeah, yeah I definitely that, did. Definitely brought that one up. Uh, cut, cut, cut. Next up, we have the man without fear number three. We have uncanny X Men number ten. We have Venom number ten, and that wraps up Marvel. From DC Comics, we have Catwoman, number seven. We have Detective Comics, number 996. Guess who's going to be the best-selling comic of 2019? <laughs> Detective Comics 1000. Oh, yeah. Because it's baby. Real talk. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Electric Warriors, number three. We have Hawkman, number eight. We have Justice League Dark, number seven. We have Red Hood Outlaw, number 30. We have Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, number 33. We have Suicide Squad, number 50. We have Supergirl, number 26. We have Superman, number seven. We have The Batman Who Laughs, number two. Uh, Please stop. Can we make a Batman Who Cries? Oh, we have plenty of those. Oh, I'm sure. We also have one that wets himself. No. Thanks, Kevin Smith. (laughs) Next up, we have The Flash. Also the name of Batman and Batman Damned. (laughs) Number 62. Real tall. (laughs) We have Titans, number 33. (laughs) We have Wonder Woman, number 62. And that wraps up DC. From IDW Publishing, we have Dick Tracy, Dead or Alive, number three. Yeah, see? 
Not what? gonna get me, copper. Meh. <laughs> 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 uh, next up, we have From Hell, Master Edition, number three. We have we have Judge Dread, Toxic, number three. Ooh. We have Lodger, number three. We have My Little Pony, Nightmare Nights, number four. We have Sonic the Hedgehog, number 12. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Real tall. <laughs> we have Star Trek, The Transformers, number four. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder in Hell, number one. Ugh, so metal. <laughs> and then we have Uncle Scrooge, My First Millions, number four. That is very poor grammar, Uncle Scrooge. My first millions. Eat the rich. <laughs> <laughs> that includes you, duck. <laughs> <laughs> Next stop from Dynamite Entertainment, we have... Doo -doo 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 -doo. We have Battlestar Galactica Classic number three. Bears beats <laughs> Battlestar Star Galactica. Galactica. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, number four. We have James Bond, Origin, number five, with some interesting covers. I've already seen Skyfall. <laughs> <laughs> Skyfall. From Image Comics, we have Burnouts, number five. We have Days of Hate, number 12. I wonder if that book got better. <laughs> didn't start too hot uh, we'll see want to risk finding out uh, this image yeah. I love me some image we'll uh, see Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll hop in and see what happens maybe we have evolution number 13 I, f I can't believe evolution is only on issue 13 I feel like I have been reading this title every week <laughs> 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 I, d I just always see it on here oh, it keeps happening very surprised uh, next up, we have Gideon Falls, number 10. That's another book I feel like should be way further than it is because I feel like I always read that title every week. Uh, next up, we have Isola, number six. First two issues were pretty decent. Uh, we got Middle West, number three. We have Outpost Zero, number six. We have Spawn Kills Everyone 2, number two. <laughs> and, of course, the first two is spelled T-O-O, -O, while the second two is the number two. If that's not uh, too confusing for you. <laughs> that was too much. Oh, <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> Next up, we have The Warning, number three, which looks kind of interesting. And then we have The Wicked and the Divine, number 41, which I really need to catch up on. Oh, uh, yeah. I have the first issue over on the desk there. I really enjoyed it. Uh, next up, from Boom Studios. It's my favorite one to say. We have Adventure Time, Marcy and Simon, number one. We have Black Badge, number six. We have Firefly, number three. Getting some Firefly love over there. Hey. We have Lumberjanes, number 58. And that wraps up Boom. From Dark Horse Comics, we have... Oh, please don't. Avatar, Sute's Path, number one. Please don't. <laughs> Who, where are these Avatar fans? Who asked for this? I've met literally zero people who give a shit about Avatar. Where are these people? 
Are they, are they at these like, furry expeditions? Is that what this? The thing's nearly a decade old. Are these the same people? Who? No one cares. It's old. No one cares. Let it go. Stop. We don't need four more Avatar, Avatar movies. Thanks, James Cameron. Yep. How about another Terminator, though? <laughs> <laughs> he's old, but he's not that old. <laughs> he just had a heart attack. That's all. Yeah, no big deal. Next up, we have Death Orb, number four. We have The Terminator, Sector Wars, number three. And that wraps up Dark Horse. From Vertigo Comics, we have Goddess Mode, number two. And we have House of Whispers, number five, which is another Sandman title. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Again, please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. First up, for our regular cover of the week, the award goes to Marvel's Conan the Barbarian, number two. Conan. Cover made by Asad Ribic. Ribic? Ribic. Asad Ribic. 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 Uh... (laughs) But this cover is really cool. It kind of has like a, a watercolor aesthetic. Real neat. Really pops to the eye. Doesn't seem like it has too much uh, title in the way or anything like that. Um, yeah. Just a really cool, almost like a classic like fantasy novel illustration uh, yeah. style to it. Really that, great work. That was the vibe that I got from it especially. is like It feels like it belongs on the cover of a classic fantasy novel. Which is what you expect from a Conan book, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's just a, it's just an awesome cover. It's a kind of a mid-action shot where he's, Conan's, you know, unsheathing his sword in battle. Uh, very vivid colors, really cool uh, art design uh, and aesthetic going forward. It reminds me a lot of uh, those um, uh, Red Sonia books. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. It's one of my favorite female writers. Uh, what's her name? All right, cut. <laughs> uh, reminds me a lot of uh, some kind of uh, more classic Red Sonia uh, covers before they went uh, full booby scale armor. Right. Uh, but yeah, I just really love the kind of classic vibe, the classic aesthetic. If you're a Conan fan, I'm not not the biggest Conan guy, but. If you're a Conan fan, I, I imagine you really got to appreciate the uh, work and time that went into this cover here, uh, done by a sad Ribic. Oh, Ribic? yeah. Um, hopefully, we're pronouncing your name even remotely, remotely correct. Uh, yep. But Asad, <laughs> Ribic, you did a great job. We really love the artwork, and I hope to see more from you. Oh, yeah. Next up, the prestigious, nay, life-changing award of variant cover of the week goes to... Marvel again. Uncanny X-Men number 10. This cover done by David Finch. Just has a really awesome uh, looking kind of uh, late 80s style Wolverine uh, with kind of the more orange and orange yellow aesthetic. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Aussie Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, the, the classic brown and tan look. Yeah, which is my personal favorite look for Wolverine. I don't know about you, but even though I like the incarnations of like the you know blue and yellow Wolverine from like the '90s cartoon and you yeah. know the '90s comics and you know all those those types of books, um, I really like the aesthetic 
of the tan and orange Wolverine from yeah. the late 80s, mid 80s. Yeah, I think that uh, aesthetically, that is the one that suits Wolverine the best. Um, if there is one thing that I wish I could have seen, uh, it would have it would have been that costume that they had made for the movie The Wolverine but was in a deleted scene in a suitcase that was just like, oh, here's the helmet and here's some gloves. Now, the story behind that is apparently they tried several times to make the costume work and it just looks so stupid and goofy. (laughs) (laughs) In reality, they just decided to put it in a drawer and say... That's a that's a wrap. Let's go. <laughs> because they just couldn't figure out a way to make it not look goofy. Now, I have more faith in Marvel, Disney Marvel, than, say, Fox in that regard. Right. Who it- think the solution to everything is black flight suits. Um, <sighs> which I don't mind, but I know you hate them. <laughs> I, I, I hate them with everything in me only because every time that those show up, that means the, the costumes I'm trying to see aren't showing up and it's like i i think the the biggest deal with that is uh the black suits the black flight suits and the, the leather jackets from like the first three x-men movies that is the aesthetic that they established yep and i think marvel has the good sense to from the get-go establish that they have their classic costumes or some iteration of those. Yeah. So uh, back to uh, really appreciating David Finch's artwork here. Oh, yeah. It's just got a really cool, you know, classic tan and orange Wolverine kind of messed up from recent battle, we're assuming, with the Sentinel that's resting behind him. Um, just a really awesome cover. I just, I really love that Wolverine aesthetic. I think it's a really well drawn. Now, I will note that uh, David Finch took a little bit of uh, the easy route there and kind of strategically hid Wolverine's feet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're not Rob Liefeld here. Like, uh, you could draw a foot or two. Come on, come on. Yeah, right. No, he's probably just trying to save time because he's trying to pump these covers out the door and all that, but uh, we noticed. Yeah. We noticed. uh, Put some fucking classic X-Men debris around his (laughs) knees. It's fine. Sentinels are around. It's fine. So, how much do you want to bet that this Wolverine doesn't know where he came from? (laughs) Real talk. (laughs) Oh, Bitch, I wish you would bring back all my memories. Real talk. <laughs> oh, it hurts <laughs> to not know where you came from. Real talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was dark. That was a little too deep for us. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, David Finch, you did a great job. I really love the cover, and I'm going to be picking it up. I I, I don't know if I'm going to catch up on Uncanny X-Men, but... I'm picking up this cover because oh, yeah. it's, it's fucking awesome, and I want it. So, uh, once again, big congratulations to Assad Ribic for his awesome Conan the Barbarian number two cover, and uh, big congratulations to David Finch for his work on Uncanny X-Men number 10, his variant cover uh, for the week. Now, for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we started to talk about a topic of our choosing about the world of comic books. Emery, today, what is our topic? Today, 
<laughs> Today we are going to talk about uh, something that we had touched on a little bit earlier, but... Uh, Real talk. <laughs> uh, it, going forward, uh, it seems as though DC has chosen to uh, try to reel people into their own proprietary app by basically gating their content behind it, which... If you're going to draw people in, uh, sure, go ahead and use all of that goodwill that you've gained and kind of uh, turn it right on them and say, hey, if you want more, you're going to have to pay us at least eight bucks a month. Um, and thinking about that reminded me that Disney may very well be doing the same thing with Marvel. And that brings us to today's topic which is the rise of the streaming service and how it's going to affect comics and comic book-related media and our enjoyment thereof going forward. Yeah. Well, as a basis, I think we should kind of lay the foundation a little bit. Um, as we know, there's several different um, streaming services already that kind of carry some form of comic book media, whether it's music or an audio podcast story yeah. or, um, you know, actual digital comic books. Um, you know, Comixology is probably the most recognizable for the books, and that's owned by Amazon. Yeah. When, you know, we talked about it in the news a little bit, but there's also Marvel Unlimited, which yeah. is the Marvel subscription service. We have the DC Universe app, which includes a huge catalog of their DC comics uh, for streaming. Um, I mean, there, I think I'm pretty sure there's a Dark Horse version of this somewhere, but because Dark Horse is a small company, obviously it's probably used a lot less. Uh, and they probably just accept Amazon's money <laughs> uh, yeah, and say, the, okay. The, the type fine. of thing that would easily fly under the radar. Yeah, so I, I know there's a few of them out there. Um, I think I'm pretty sure Dark Horse is one of them. Um, as far as other media, Stitcher has the exclusive Marvel, you know, audio stories that they've been trying to put out there into the ether. The problem is it's behind another paywall yep. where you have to pay for Stitcher Premium to actually listen to it, <laughs> which is kind of a bum deal because you know I like Stitcher. We're obviously on Stitcher. We love Stitcher as a home for media. Um, but they have commercials at the end of the podcasts, and many podcasters put additional commercials in their podcasts. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from my perspective, I feel like there's plenty of avenues for them to make money without making a premium Stitcher app barrier to service. You know, if I was Marvel, I would say, hey, you know, we'll make a deal with you. You can put a few ads at the beginning of every episode of, or every issue uh, of. <laughs> of our audiobook. Yeah. You know, in exchange for s exclusively streaming our, you know, experimental stories here, you know. <laughs> um but of course they didn't. They put it behind a paywall, which I'm sure Stitcher paid out the ass for. Oh, I'm sure. Um and then uh, obviously we got the visual media, you know, Amazon's got a bunch of comic stuff. Uh Netflix has a bunch of comic stuff. Hulu has a bunch of comic stuff. It's just, you know, spread pretty far and wide. I think I mean I wouldn't count Star Trek as a comic thing, but Star Trek's on CBS. Uh, HBO has you know obviously book stuff like Game of Thrones and Westworld. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of content out there, 
a lot of streaming services you got to keep up with to actually participate in the conversation about a lot of these things. Um, I'm surprised AMC hasn't hopped on that and started their own because I feel like it's the most AMC thing it could do, you know? Yeah, give um, it enough time. So, you know, and then you, you got to account for the media that isn't being streamed that is still out there that you have to pay a cable subscription for, you know, Ooh, to like, yeah. like AMC, you know, like Showtime and all these things. So, yeah, there, for all you Walking Dead fans, there's there's a lot of stuff out there. Sci-fi, you know, yeah. that's it's another one. Um, sci-fi getting a number of different things. The most recent being uh, Deadly Class, which you can watch the pilot for on YouTube. Yep, as we discussed on our last episode, which you'll probably hear right before this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry again. Whoops, uh, my bad. <laughs> Why don't you donate to us on Patreon so hey. I can get them out a little faster? <laughs> yes, uh, let's make our schedule more regular. How about donate I, to, to us on I'll, Patreon. I'll just hold our fans for ransom. <laughs> our, all 20 of them. <laughs> we got this content for you, man. <laughs> uh, shameless plug there. Um, but yeah, there's obviously a pretty far and wide landscape for this stuff, and it's it's kind of hard to manage it all. Yeah. You know, even if you do have the money, how do you manage all of those subscriptions just to stay in the know? Yeah. More or less. Like and he- I, honestly, that seems to be the modern struggle with media. You know, as you know, when we were kids, the struggle was, you know, are we ever going to see this on TV? Are we ever going to get a chance to read this book that, you know, we can't find a physical copy of anymore, you know? It, right. Once they're gone, they're gone, you know, unless you get lucky and find some mailing catalog that has some, you know, fat guy in his basement <laughs> selling one with a bunch of Dorito stains all over it. Oh. You know, like it it was hard to be a comic collector back in the day unless you were making those weekly comic book store trips, you know, yeah. regularly. Which and, by itself already costed a lot back then. Yeah, and I mean, like the, it, it added up for sure. And I mean, the, the hunt was kind of part of the fun, but also part of the expense. Yeah, uh, and it was hard <laughs> to stay with a book. You know, there's no way companies could get away with delaying their books two Ooh. or three months like they do right now. Yeah, if customers were still physically going to the store every single week in order to even stay in the book, you know. So yeah, that is you didn't do that like twenty, even thirty years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of convenience we've gained from it. Uh, there's a lot of exposure that uh, the comic book industry has gained from it, uh, both in media and in physical comics. Uh, just because now people can catch up, you know, through an easy digital streaming service like Comixology Unlimited or, you know, Marvel Unlimited or, you know, the DC streaming app, whatever the case may be, um, and plenty of other media to go besides it. Now the struggle is just to keep up, to not get overwhelmed by it. Like, uh, there's, because it's everywhere. For me personally, as a fan, yeah. Uh, and as a consumer of this content and as a person that has to manage his money <laughs> yeah from my perspective it's almost so overwhelming i don't even know where to start and half the time i kind of freeze up <laughs> on keeping up because i'm just so overwhelmed by where to go and where to start and where to catch up it's that like, i just don't do anything at all it's like over the course of one week you could have upwards of Maybe uh, like 20 different 
properties. Yeah. Just updating their things. Like, oh, guess what? Uh, Daredevil dropped. Oh, like the following week. Fucking The Tick dropped. Hell yeah. <laughs> Bring it back, baby. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, another fucking season of Jessica Jones is about yeah. to come out. And meanwhile, there's a hundred comics we're reading on the weekly releases. Oh, right. <laughs> like, it's, you know, and a video game thrown in there every other week, you know, some, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of everything, a new TV show, a new movie, a new, you know, Stitcher podcast, whatever the case may be, you know, like, there's hey just kids, you like Spider-Man? And also, do you have a PS4? Because if you're both of those things, oh boy, boy, do we have a game for you? Are you a Telltale fan? Do you like Batman or Walking Dead or Marvel Avengers or The Wolf Among Us? Well, too bad <laughs> they went bankrupt. Oh, 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 still hurts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, it's it's very overwhelming, and I I'm finding you know maybe it's a again spoiled first world problems. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just too much. I I can't. I feel like I'm just getting suffocated by all this content. That's why I haven't gotten past the first season of Daredevil yet because you know I I got like halfway through you know the first season of Daredevil, and by the time I got halfway through. They were already like six seasons of Iron Fist and, you know, 12 seasons of Jessica Jones and 13 seasons of The Punisher. And I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know where the hell to fucking begin. I'm so behind. You know, same with the CW shows. You know, I watched, oh, I watched the first season of Arrow. I watched the first few seasons of The Flash. You know, I started getting to the second season of Arrow, and then there. By the time I even got started, there was DC Legends of Tomorrow, and there's Black Lightning coming down the pipe, and it just the fucking Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl from... came from CBS, yeah. and they canceled Constantine, so I got bitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's just too much. I can't, I can't keep up with it all, and it, it kind of sucks because you know you want to be more into the conversation especially when we host a comic book podcast right it's but like, it's just so much content if you have a full-time job or any kind of life whatsoever yeah it, it's hard to find enough time in the day to manage yeah. having any kind of life outside of just spending every waking hour either working yeah. or uh, just sitting on the couch watching all of the things that you like. I mean, it's the real reason Kevin Smith had a heart attack. Let's <laughs> face facts. There's no way he keeps as updated as he does with all this content. Oh, fuck no. Without just not sleeping. Like, him, he would be the one that I would expect to be living kind of a Louis C.K. <laughs> lifestyle. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Kevin Smith is a national treasure, and I love him. I, I mean, sure, but uh, I I see. Then again, like, so was Louis C.K. <laughs> yes, like Kevin Smith. Let's be real, love him to death and all of the work that he's put out so far. I could totally see him just wasting a day, uh, waking up with uh, half-eaten Doritos <laughs> on his stomach and just jerking it. <laughs> Jerking it, jerking it, jerking it, jerking it. <laughs> South Park never changed. <sighs> but yeah, this is this is the world we live in. Is like we could turn this into a saturation issue, but uh, 
the first thing we got to address is access. Like, access is starting to become further and further paywalled. Yeah. Which, mind you, like, I get it. People ought to be paying for their comics. Please support your local comic book shops. Please Uh, support your local comic book shops. Yeah, but please keep them alive. We need them. Real talk. (laughs) But it's like the further things get uh, digitized and, like, basically... uh, iphone or android app exclusive uh the further and further we'll be just regularly paying these companies a monthly amount for any sense of inclusion into these stories that we may or may not be fully invested in yeah well the thing is the more these apps kind of separate their little slice of the cake across the board the the less they're is for people to enjoy on the individual basis. And what yeah. I, what I mean by that is, you know, Comixology had a huge amount of value because with the exception of DC titles, you could basically read anything you were really interested in from the Marvel world, from the Image world, from the IDW world, whatever. And there's a lot of inherent value in that and convenience in that. You know, you don't have to go searching through a bunch of old boxes in the back of your local comic book shop hoping to score the one issue you're missing so you can read the full story and you don't have to you know buy the collected volumes that they charge an arm and a leg for you can just you know pay your monthly subscription and read as much as you can you know basically download (laughs) onto your device and plow through in your spare time you know, and it's also nice that you, you could download it onto your device and I would read it on my lunch breaks at work, you know, yeah. so, you know, I'd take an hour lunch and I'd sit there and plow through one or two comics, you know, that I was really interested in. And it was a nice way to spend that time. Um, uh, I guess if you have if you live in a city like New York City, where you got a lot of public transportation time, it's also a convenient thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, you spend all that time commuting to work and back. You know, obviously, we live in Ohio where we have to actually drive places. Right. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of value within that in and of itself. But when you start separating every little thing, and you know, Amazon has the rights to a lot of this stuff now, but that's probably going to be going away within a few years yeah. if, at least if these uh, executives have any intelligence <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> for the uh, longevity of their streaming apps yeah you know, unless you know amazon makes some kind of deal with them that says you know hey we'll take the upfront costs of maintaining this infrastructure and you guys just let us stream your content and we'll give you a chunk of the pie and they'll be like all right cool whatever yeah you know, it's um, kind of what i assumed was the the deal between marvel and netflix was being the operative word yeah and i think the problem now is that we're going to create a class structure within our comic book you know popular media community i mean there's always been a little bit of a class structure like i said you know you weren't collecting you know every issue of every book you know unless you had a a decent amount of dough to go and pick up those titles every time there was a big event or whatever you know uh back in the early 2000s late 90s whatever the case may be um but i'd feel like the dynamic wasn't quite as stringent as it is becoming with all these dc apps these you know marvel apps these disney apps netflix app the hulu app amazon apps whatever the case may be it's 
it's just nickel and diming you to death. And, you know, I don't want to give cable a compliment, but when you compare the cost of all of that stuff to watch, you know, a single amount of, you know, a single collection of superhero content, you know, comic book content, I should say, and then your average cable package is probably, you know, 50, 60, $70. Yeah. They're about the same. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't like cable. I don't really feel the need to watch most of the stuff that's <laughs> on cable. But if you're looking at a, a, a piece-to-piece value there, the more the market splits itself up, the more it devalues itself from its competition, which is cable, satellite TV, and other forms of media that are in that similar kind of infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and it, it's going to create a class system where only the people with a lot of disposable free time and a lot of disposable income can really stay up to date and really stay part of the conversation and really uh, kind of sustain these businesses, which are running paycheck to paycheck. Uh, You know, I I feel like it would be better for everybody involved if we just kind of condensed the routes and avenues we had to take in order to access this content and made it, you know, a little bit more as a collective affordable. Um, Of course, I'm not saying, you know, create monopoly content, but there's ways around that, you know, and I think what they had with the comiXology and then the Marvel, you know, unlimited, you know, being accessible through comiXology or having the Marvel unlimited infrastructure there at a slightly lower price. Like I thought that was a pretty good solution. So, um, hopefully it adjusts itself. Hopefully it corrects itself a little bit. Um, Uh, it's unfortunate that the, it's very clear at this point that the golden era of just, having multiple shows show up on uh netflix from marvel uh it's unfortunate that those days are numbered and soon to be over um with some of their stuff being like on random spots like hulu and stitcher with that uh experimental story yep uh but i think much like you were saying they're either going to suffer from having all of their stuff uh, under their own singular banner while people are already paying for things like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime uh, and trying to get uh, that person's like extra like another $8 on top of that. Yeah. Uh, I think that is... I think it's unfortunate that uh, we've gotten to that point, but I also find it strange that uh, it's only taken them until now to do something like this, because from a business standpoint, it does make a lot of sense to, okay, we've had all of this stuff on this network. We're trying to consolidate, not just consolidate all of that, but to make a, the cost of doing that come out of our own pocket and the cost to watch all of our stuff come out of your pocket just the once. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Um, I don't know. I've, I wonder if there's some kind of future service that maybe collects them all like a cable package, you know, but now it's a streaming package, you know, right. And they say, Hey, for, if you buy all of them, 
you know, you'll get it at this reduced price that makes it more manageable and easier to kind of interface with as opposed to what we have now, which is, you know, is this app on this device that I use to stream my content? Is this app on this device that I use to stream my content? No. Okay, where can I stream the content? What device do I have to buy? You know, do I have to have Amazon Alexa to stream this? Do I have to have uh, the certain type of cell phone to watch this? You know, do I have to have, you know, a PS4 or an Xbox One to stream this? You know? Yeah. yeah is is ps4 or microsoft you know or nintendo blocking this service <laughs> on this device because it's competing with playstation view or the xbox Ooh, tv yeah. or any of that stuff you know it's that a- stuff like hulu that was an that's a big frustrating thing because hulu has like a kind of a cable service of their own which is very competitive to playstation view but the way PlayStation View gets around that is by making it not accessible on the PlayStation <laughs> devices. So you would have to get an external device or a computer hooked up to your TV right. in order to participate in that service from Hulu. So you're basically paying for nothing if you're using your PS4 to primarily stream these things. So <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Uh, again, I understand business standpoint, very intelligent. You don't want your competitors <laughs> to be taking money out of your pocket on your own devices. I get it. But it's very inconvenient to the consumer, and it's very expensive for the consumer, and it's very hard for the consumer to manage you know, yeah. where they get their content, how they get their content, and make your devices, your applications appealing to the customer. Um, I know this is a comic book podcast and not a business podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, there's some things that uh, need a little work and have some potential solutions if we really just take time to kind of consider them. Um, yeah, I would agree. As an industry and as a fan base. And now, you know, our generation is known for the FOMO, fear of missing <laughs> out. It's a real thing. I get it. You know? Yeah. And with all this content, it's it's <laughs> becoming pretty... Pretty yeah. legitimate, and uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, I'm just now finishing Injustice Two, <laughs> you know, because I just had so much content to catch up on. I had so much, you know, stuff that uh, was financially a barrier before I could get it. You know, um, there's just so many factors that go into staying up to date, and it's just for a lot of people, it's not possible. And in a time where Twitter and Instagram and Facebook ruin <laughs> everything. <laughs> and I mean everything gets spoiled. Yeah. By social media, there's just no way to avoid it. You know, you. I mean, you could say, oh, the solution is to get off social media. Well, we're we're in 2018, and that's no 2019 now. Yeah. Uh, and that's not really the reality of the situation anymore. If you want to have business contacts, you're yeah. gonna be on a social media platform. If you're not outrageously wealthy and have the advantage <laughs> of being able to travel to see family and friends you're probably going to be on social media in some way shape or form yeah there's just no way getting around it you know and everybody's got a smart device now you know everybody gets updates about twitter and facebook even when they're watching tv you know i was watching the playoff football games for the nfl and there was fucking tweets scrolling across the bottom. like, <laughs> And some of them were spoiling stuff that they were seeing on their stream before <laughs> we were seeing it on the TV. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. Oh, 
that's the world we live in. It's it's a complicated world. Yeah. It's uh, it's only getting more complicated, you know. Probably for the better overall, but boy, <laughs> there's a learning curve. Yeah, tell me about it. Is there anything you wanted to add to the topic there? I think we covered our bases pretty well. Uh, I think we covered it pretty well, I think. Yeah. So, uh basically the outlook is uh we're all doomed. We're all going to be uh peasants vying for the attention of our overlord uh Disney and it's 13 different platforms it's forcing us to purchase from. Um please be merciful, oh King Mickey, uh who is soon to star in his latest venture, Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh Ho-ho. man. Ho-ho. Please whatever you do, King Mickey. Uh simple and clean, ho ho. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm when going... you walk away, you can hear him say, please don't see me, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Mickey, as king, I'm asking you, whatever you do, do not necessitate an entertainment-wide declaration of independence, because I swear to God. <laughs> well, I heard some interesting things on NPR recently. Yeah. Apparently, some big names in kind of popu- popular culture, including many Disney properties, yeah. are going to be public domain next year. Oh. These names include Superman. Oh. These names include Batman. Oh, no. These names include Mickey Mouse. Donald Duck. Unless something happens with some more legal shenanigans, they will become public domain very soon. Public domain. Yep. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) I think uh, China is opening some studios just in time. (laughs) Not that they recognize copyright laws in the first place, but right. It's about to become the uh, Wild West all over again. Yeah. So we're going. We're going to be in for some uh, very interesting things. I think in the the near, the much nearer future than we know. The things that and will it, happen to those characters. And it, it makes the Star Wars and Marvel purchases a lot more sane. <laughs> <laughs> because it means not only are they just printing money at this point, but they're going to be losing properties to public domain pretty soon, and they <laughs> need something to trademark. <laughs> yeah, they do. Ooh, boy. So, yeah, that's some interesting news. Well, so I'll give you more details in the future, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's what they were talking about there. So that's... uh pretty interesting stuff i don't know yeah stay tuned for more of that oh well well folks i think that wraps up another mediocre edition of hit the books podcast mediocre real talk (laughs) thank you all for sticking with us if you like what you hear be sure to hit like and subscribe and follow us on your podcast services and social networks of choice we're on twitter at htbvids we're on facebook at forward slash hit the books our website is www.htbvidsvids.com, uh, where you can find links to all of these pages and more. Um, remember, we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We are on YouTube, of course. Uh, feel free to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books. Uh, any contribution you can give us would really go a long ways to helping us out. And we do have some kind of promotional tiers there uh, to kind of incentivize you. If you so choose, we'd be very grateful. If not, we understand. Please enjoy the content. 
we yes. enjoy having you around. And if you feel like uh, submitting any questions to the show, you can always uh, tweet at us on Twitter at HTBVids uh, or message us on Facebook at forward slash hit the books or email us at hit the books vids vids at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to reach out to us if you have any topics for the show or want to clarify anything that we uh, misspoke about. I'm sure we misspeak all the time. I know I stutter across words and I also make up things in my head <laughs> that apparently aren't true assign uh, actors to roles <laughs> like dennis quaid to harrison ford roles oh. uh sometimes faces are interchangeable uh, generic white guy number one <laughs> uh, but yeah we really do appreciate you all uh sticking around and uh helping us out with the show and supporting the show and um we're sorry it took us so long to get back. We're finally back in the swing of things. We're finally getting everything out um, and getting the show back in touch for the new year. Our New Year's resolution is to not miss episodes. So <laughs> that's the goal. We're sticking to it. Yep. In the meantime, I've been your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And thank you for watching. We will see you next week. Real talk. <laughs> Bitch, I wish you would. <laughs> Bitch, I wish you would burn all my comics. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> this song's so ridiculous. I love it. I'm so glad you never heard it. <laughs>